This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Well, just another Saturday afternoon here at the Hardcore Husky Podcast Studio, getting ready to watch the 49ers-Packers game. We thought we'd hang out for an hour or so and talk about some things mostly Husky-related or college football-related. For starters, we're going to discuss the recent arrival of the transfer from Indiana, Michael Penix. And Joey Dangerously will be discussing the Michigan scandal. And Willie Doog will be chiming in on his favorite uh, current and former Husky players in the NFL, which is kind of uh, given that the, uh, the playoffs are underway right now, so it's kind of in the air. So, um and so, uh, guys, I thought the first thing, uh, I've spent the last day or so just kind of looking into the background of Michael Penix Jr. and uh, go over some, some data and some thoughts and then you get your opinions. Um, as we were saying, to transfer from Indiana, six foot three, 218 pounds. Uh, he, uh, in his freshman year at Indiana in 2019 was when Kalen DeBoer was his offensive coordinator at Indiana. Um, He's a, been a three-year starter at Indiana, and he suffered season-ending injuries three years in a row. Um, in 2020, he was second-team All-Big Ten as a sophomore and was chosen team MVP, uh, 1,645 yards, 14 TDs, four interceptions. And um, uh, CBS Sports uh, writer Bryant McFadden, I'll just read something briefly that he wrote, uh, entering into the 2021 season, is that uh, he called him the best quarterback in the Big Ten, a proven winner with incredible natural arm talent, uh, displayed uh, great anticipation in 2020, flashing a knack for throwing the ball before his targets routes were completed. Great in the rollout game, but also a smooth pocket presence. Coming off his second ACL injury, health is a concern. Uh, but he has the talent to be an early NFL draft selection. Uh, And then last year for 2021, um, there was a – I'll read one more thing here. This is what Mike Schumann from the Daily Hoosier wrote, and this is in regards to last season. He said, if ever there was a stat that would have told you that 2020 might have been fool's gold, or at least that the 2021 season could be different. It was this, pro football-focused, highest-graded returning QBs under pressure. Number three was Michael Penix Jr. There was a lot of off-season noise that proved to be true. This suggested that Indiana overachieved in 2020 and water would eventually find its level. Throwing the football while under pressure is playing with fire especially in the case of a quarterback coming off a third straight season-ending injury who isn't particularly adept at navigating pocket pressure. Um, And then he goes on to say a few other things here about struggling to connect with receivers and stuff. So, and I watched, I watched some film of Penix and just wrote some notes down as I was watching and I watched almost every snap of last year's, uh, a game that they played against Cincinnati, which was not a good outing for him in particular. Um, he looked very different uh, in the pocket in 2021 compared to the previous season. It just seemed like there was much less confidence. The thing that jumps out out of you, though, is his arm strength. Stands stronger in the pocket than either Sam Heward or Dylan Morris, in my opinion. And looking at the, particularly that Cincinnati game film uh, from last season, he had kind of a Cody Pickett quality to him. Um, he could throw like these laser beam throws, but they were often behind the receiver or overthrown or at the feet. And there were instances where he demonstrated uh, you know, nice touch and could put the ball over like the extended arms of a, of a pursuing linebacker into the, into the hands of a receiver or running back out on the flat. So that was nice. Every snap of the Cincinnati game was taken from the shotgun, which I found really interesting. Uh, And then I just wrote here that, um, you know, hopefully that if he works like crazy with the UW receivers this summer and if, you know, if DeBoer is creating an encouraging and resilient environment for the Huskies, hopefully he can rejuvenate Penix's career. And especially if the uh, issues that he had last season were so solely psychological, which I think that they were. So, 
all that to say is that I am actually intrigued with uh, with this guy, and I'm curious to see what's going to happen. And um, I do feel that, uh, you know, just in terms of the evidence early on here, I think he will be the starter this fall. So, um, uh, Wooly, we'll start with you just in regards to reacting to what I just said or any thoughts that you have in this regard. Hey, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, at worst, it's a nice insurance bet because if Heward's not, you know, ready or Heward's not what we think he is, they have a guy. And I I think, at worst, he's definitely going to beat out Dylan Morris uh, because also I think Dylan Morris is like, you know what you have. And, you know, also, you got to have a Husky quarterback from Florida. A starting quarterback from Florida would make perfect sense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if he was ever healthy, I would be much more excited about it. But I just doubt his health ability to stay healthy for a whole season. It's just, it's nice, but it's not like uh, a, a huge home run to me. I'd rather have Painter. And I'm interested if they have or if they will, you know, put feelers out there to any other quarterback that they're, quarterbacks that are in the portal. Because there's a lot of guys – uh, you know, the JT Daniels of the world. There's a lot of guys out there who are going to be looking for destinations. Who are they going to throw in, you know, an, another guy to compete with him? Because they probably could. Now, one, one thing I'll chime in and say is that have you ever heard of, in the history of college football, a player who had season-ending injuries four years in a row? I don't think I've ever heard of that. I think the odds are good. Dude legend, What's that? Okay, Cooper. Duke legend Deontay <laughs> Cooper, who would have been uh, Barry Sanders combined with uh, Dale Sayers and Emmett Smith and Walter Payton if he had just uh, ever stayed healthy. Well, isn't he still on the roster? I thought I saw his name. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he coaches somewhere I think now. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think. Uh, but yeah, South South Town somewhere. He had the COVID extra year, and that was in the deal with the COVID. The COVID extra years in the fine print, it said also Deontay Cooper gets to come back for another year. (laughs) Joey, what are your thoughts? I have some very strong opinions on what you said here. Some of it I'm not 100% (laughs) sure I want to completely elaborate on. I need to think about if I want to publicly put out some of the info I've heard the last few hours connecting the dots of what I think happened. Are you going to keep me posted? <laughs> I'm working the phone. <laughs> oh. Well, you, you beat me to the Sorry. punch. I was going to I was going to use that Sorry. on you guys later, Sorry. but <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, tequila. <laughs> That, that's some inside baseball there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, Willie's Dugan for Hainer. I've got. By the way, Envy. by the way, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry to interrupt your joke there, but um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Now, shit. Okay, well, that was good. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Um, I, I like having, um, I like having a guy that, um, the other quarterbacks on the roster have to worry that, um, he's going to get the starting job and that'll make him work harder. Um, you know, and he's here for, you know, he's here for one year. I'm sure he, he has some, um, something where he wants to coach after uh, college. I mean, that's probably why uh, DeBoner brought him, brought him here that, uh, you know, he might, he might want him here as some kind of assistant, you know, they probably have some close bond and, and stuff. So. um, Why why would you think that he, why would you think he wouldn't want him here as a quarterback, especially given our circumstances? I think he wants him here as a quarterback too. I, you know, I think he wants him here to, you know, uh, to push these young guys and probably start. I mean, he's pro- you know, he's got a, 
I think his first choice is probably Hayner to come to the port to come transfer here, but um, then went with Penix. So I uh, I like having Penix here for yeah multiple reasons. You know, I think that uh, yeah he's probably got you know an eye on a on maybe some future coaching or something as well. So yeah, I, I like all the. I like all the aspects of the uh, Michael Penix acquisition. Well, I think that his his athletic ability is good enough uh, to at least get to the CFL, from what I saw. I mean, there's he's got he's got more arm talent than Sam Heward. I mean, You're, are you telling me he's not as good as Tyler Huntley? Tyler Huntley. He's not hard. as Tyler Huntley is playing for the Ravens. I mean, I think Penix is better than Tyler Huntley. Ever from everything? Yeah, I have. I have to say, I haven't seen Huntley in NFL play, but you know, whenever he's just saying that name, it's just like, oh, subpar quarterback in college is what goes through my head. So, yeah, Penix was way better than Tyler Huntley. Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't remember Ryan Tannehill being great in college. You know, there's. I mean, he's playing. Or you know, right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think Penix could be. I think Penix is an NFL quarterback. I don't see why not. You had that. Uh, and what? I mean, Browning. Browning. We were just talking before the pod started. He's you know in street clothes on the. Cincinnati sideline. So, and he didn't sneak uh, on there. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I think I think Penix is a is an NFL quarterback. So. So, anyways, um, I guess that's just one thing that you know. There's there's not a lot that I'm looking forward to, <laughs> frankly, with the season. If I'm going to be honest, um, but that. Yeah. I'm just being honest, but um, but that is something that I'm really intrigued to see. So let's see how this guy plays. Better than Patrick O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah. O'Brien's, <laughs> you know, O'Brien's de- yeah. In O'Brien's defense, so he never really got a chance. Yeah, but that was the best guy they could bring in. We know with the transfer portal not portal now, where you have all these guys who are transferring and. You know, the University of Washington, the best thing Lake and Donovan could bring in was the color a middling a Colorado State starter. I mean, that's uh it's it's an improvement to showing that, you know, obviously it's a connection to DeBoer, but you know, you're at least going from a power five a power five uh, starting quarterback who's done some things as opposed to, you know, old Pat old Pat O'Brien. You you writing off the Colorado State Rams, I am. Whatever the not, are they not, fucking Rams? Not even a good group of five, five programs. Yeah. Like shitty, lower tier Mountain West uh, starter was the best that they could do. You know. How, how do you like that? Uh, Jay Norvell was like these names that people kept like these lazy fucking oh, yeah. lit coaching lists. Yeah. Jay Norvell is getting popped up, and he leaves Nevada for Colorado State. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah, he like he he moved from the you know the master bedroom to like the kids' room or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, well, I think Nevada had just got done like beating them or something, and then he uh, he went to coach there like a week or two later, and then said that Colorado State cares more about their football program. Kind of, kind of bizarre. That's so good. So, as we transition gracefully to the next topic, uh, <laughs> Willie, do you want to talk about uh, your favorite dogs in the NFL current and and, and former? Yeah, uh, I'll start with the current, which is not my favorite, which is Taylor Rapp, who. Uh, 
I believe, is not playing again tomorrow, even though he's from the Northwest League. Uh, so he should be my favorite. But, no, I, I, I think I've said it on the boards before. Uh, you know, the one nice thing, it, it's been more exciting to watch, more fun to watch the Husky NFL alums, you know, this year than it was to actually watch Husky football. And we're very lucky that that's the case and uh, that there's a lot of guys to watch. And, you know, my favorite definitely would be, uh, you know, game, which I – it's one of the reasons why I, I have, a you know, a sore spot of talking about Pac-12 players and other programs who I will not name multiple that end up getting overrated. It's because guys like Greg Gaines uh, was, like, insanely valuable for four seasons, and no one ever heard of him. But yet you'll hear about – you'll get hyped up for guys who don't really do that much. Greg Gaines, to me, I'm – Super stoked to watch him uh, play well in the NFL, be buddies with Aaron Donald, and uh, hopefully continue to even get better. So Gaines is my top. Gaines, uh, Gaines is right there with Gaskin as my, my favorite recent Husky players, and I'm super, I've been super happy to watch his career take off the way it has in the NFL. Uh, and I don't think that guy has ever missed – I don't think he's ever missed a college or NFL game for injury, which is pretty mm. fucking impressive. Uh, at this point. Didn't he sit out the Rose Bowl? No, he did not. He actually, uh, a, a few weeks ago, it was like NFL news that he got like a plate and like a bunch of like eight screws put in his hand uh, before a game, and he played in the wow. game. Uh, he's, uh, he's a beast. Uh, I don't think he would have sat out the Rose Bowl uh, for almost anything. I mean, games, uh, games, to the listeners uh, out there, I was kidding. <laughs> Did, didn't you guys uh, didn't you guys sit by his family or something at the Rose Bowl? Were oh, you guys near his family? It was at the Rose Bowl, but it was at the UCLA game earlier that year. Oh. In the Rose Bowl. And also we looked over and we saw a couple of fire hydrants. We're, we're a 99 <laughs> Like a man, uh, like a, a wife and a husband who are probably in you know, late 40s, early 50s. Like, that's got to be James's parents. Of course, you get closer up to him. Yep, they're, they're 99 James jerseys. And we're like, God, that's amazing. <laughs> The best part is he's from La Habra, which, I mean, I lived in L.A. for a long time. I don't know anything about La Habra. I kind of know where it is. I It's a strange, like, it's one of those places where you're, like, drive to, like, Palm Springs or Vegas, and you're, like, driving through, and you're, like, what is this place? And it's, like, La Habra, population 350,000. And you're, like, who lives here? James lives here. <laughs> yeah. a, a white dude who I don't think is Mormon uh, from L.A., who is a dominant deep tackle. I mean, there's just so much to love about the guy. He has a giant fucking Husky tattoo, so whenever you see him making a play, you, you see a big W. Uh, the media never said one fucking thing about him the whole entire time he was at Washington, even though he was... Uh, even though he was... Uh, even though he was unstoppable. Well, him and Vita Vea up front. Well... I think I've said it on the pod, not podcast, but on the boards too. I mean, Lord Kwiatkowski couldn't win the fucking division with Gaines and Vita at defensive tackle. He couldn't stop Bryce, Bryce Love, uh, Bryce Love, who was, must have been freebasing fentanyl in the half, in the locker room of uh, Stanford that game. Kwiatkowski's brilliant defense couldn't win Allegedly. the division. Allegedly. Yeah. I'm not alleging that. We're joking. He's still off. He took a lot of shots at Toradol that game, I would bet, yes. my life on. Uh, and David Shaw, uh, no one's ever going to call out David Shaw for not telling a kid, like, hey, we're not going to play you because uh, we, we can afford to lose the game. But whatever, we're talking games. Uh, I know other people on the board support Gamesy. Uh, he's my favorite, one of my favorite recent Huskies. Uh, and, you know, uh, underrated guy. Vita, love Vita. Vita, I think, is better. And Vita is obviously a better NFL player right now. But, uh, and, you know, I think that's kind of more of like a, you know, that, that's less of a deep cut. Like, Gaines is more of a, Gaines is more of a, he, Vita is the single on the album that everyone knows and loves. But Gaines is the song that's like, you know, track nine that you're like, if you really love this band, this is your favorite song. And everybody, and everybody knows it. That's 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 game. So let me see here. So 
So Vita Vea then would be the boys are back in town, and Greg Gaines <laughs> yeah. would be whiskey in the jar. No, he'd be uh, like uh, um, Dub. The rock legend. Yeah, Black Rose. The uh, Black Rose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or if you want to go with the Jailbreak album, he would be, uh, uh, what's the last, fuck, what's the last song? Emerald. Of? Emerald. He's Emerald. He's like an eight-minute Irish epic <laughs> epic track uh, that's like three different songs in one that, you know, influenced, like, so many bands. Like, you, you uh, a lot of those, you know, metal bands that came out after uh, – came out after, you know, then Lizzie will talk about, you know, Emerald was the, their favorite song because it was like a super, like, Metallica-y, like, one album, like, track of this long-ass fucking unison guitar, just, like, hard hard rocker fucking man. So that's Gaines to me. The band's band. Band's band. It's, uh, Gaines <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a player's player. Uh, he's a D-tackle's D-tackle. Uh, no glory, just, you know stopping runs. Did anyone ever run in the middle of the Huskies for four years? No. no. Did anyone no, that, run? Uh, the, one, the one-handed interception against Stanford. <laughs> Epic. Like, you just try to picture. I'm trying to picture those years, a team running for, like, even trying to run up the middle uh, when Gaines was there. Uh, <laughs> like, I can't now you, picture if, it. My brain. Now you, my brain now you found yeah. it. Now you fast you fast forward to October of 2021, and teams are running. Uh, whoever it was, they were running the two-minute offense by running off tackle. Yeah, yeah. with that ASU, yeah, it was like, UCLA or yeah, uh, yeah. I think both. I definitely know ASU was like, yeah, ASU had like three minutes left, and they were running up the middle every play to get like twelve yards, and then sprint up. They're like, yeah, we're, we're, after being spoiled, it was like. As a Husky fan, you were spoiled at running back for, like, 10 years because you were, like, Polk, Sankey, uh, Gaskin were not only good running backs, but running backs that, you know, turned a one-yard play into a four-yard play every play and turned a four-yard play into a, an eight-yard play. And then you had D-Tackle. Yes. You were Shelton, uh, Shelton in the games and Vita. Uh, and then, you know, then after that, you're like, shit, now we got a guy who transfers to Oregon <laughs> and guys who can't get off blocks. Where's Danny Shelton playing now? Giants. Giants. Yeah. The, the graveyard, of, speaking of pro Huskies, the graveyard oh. of Huskies right now is it's Pettis and Ross. They're both there. I check the box scores like every week of teams I know that have Husky players, and like neither of them almost ever even get like a target, which is insane. Uh, and then Shelton's on there. He Shelton's a veteran. I mean, good for him. He's made a lot of money in the league and always been like a, a good starter. I have to say, Pettis, I'm not surprised that he hasn't uh, panned out. Uh, John Ross, I am surprised. I thought he would leave some sort of good mark. Yeah, uh, Pettis, I think. I think he's a rich kid. Uh, I think he's more into, like, Rick and Morty and, like, anime. And <laughs> kids in that generation like. He's a song off the album Shades of a Blue Orphan. <laughs> yeah, He's a weirdo. Uh, That's a really shitty Thin Lizzy album, by the way. It's a weird-ass, like, sounds like, it's like a weird-ass, it's like a really long album. It's like an hour and a half of weird ballads, like, weird old Irish ballads, basically. Well, they based, the, the next album, like, uh, Nightlife, is the same weird same shit. Weird. Bunch but, of weird, uh, yeah, weird slow ballads. Uh but yeah, Ross, I mean, I I was a little bit – I kind of sold my Ross stock. The last two games, the Pac-12 championship, he went up against Kidobe Awuzie, who's like a all-pro. He's on the Bengals right, playing right now. He's a good cornerback. And I like literally think his only catch was that touchdown where Browning, <laughs> Browning tried to throw a pick six to, you know, get Colorado in the game, and Ross jumped up and ran. And then against Alabama, he didn't really do much other than fumble away the game. So I was a little bit skeptical because of those two games where he went up against good talent and he just did not do anything. Uh, but I thought he would have been, like, at least, like, weirdly, I feel like the only good game he ever had was against the Seahawks in uh, Seattle. Uh, Pettis, I, I never thought Pettis, I don't know. I, he was so smooth and I loved his routes, but I just think he 
was more into like weird weird stuff and i think he's a rich kid so i don't think he really uh, he don't really doesn't really need to be a good football player and i'll be honest with you when he uh, he scored or something and then he starts licking his arm like he's a cat or something and it was just uh, that lost me so i i still remember like it was yesterday when Hugh Millen said he jogged a little fruity <laughs> live on the air. <laughs> I'm not even implying sexual orientation or anything. I'm just saying it was just like, well, okay, that's well, a little bit I, weird. I, I'm not either. I, I was just saying like, 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 whoa, what? He says, uh, I think he said something like, oh, there's just something amazing about his punt returning ability. I, I don't know. He he jogs a little fruity, though. <laughs> it was like, whoa, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> nope. Putt returning, he was amazing. He was he was better than Bean O'Brien. He was better than Mark Lee. Um, yeah, it was weird. Just he fantastic. Never looked like he was uh, really fast, but yet he was like outrunning people. It was, uh, you know, he had that deceptive long stride speed. Um, yeah, uh, best best team to break the record against, you know, the douchebags too. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, and if there's ever, um, if there's, there's been some talk recently on the boards of hardcore Husky in regards to, uh, Peterson's legacy and whether it's tarnished or not or whatever. And, um, I think the general consensus, there's some people that really appreciate him on there, but I think the general consensus among our posters is that, you know, he certainly elevated the the team, and uh, you know, he got us to some New Year's Six bowls. But ultimately, he didn't win any meaningful bowl games, and then he quit basically, and uh, and went half-assed through the uh, Rose Bowl, and he admitted as much later, um, and then quit on the team and left uh, before his contract ended at all. Um, but there's one glaring thing that uh, glaring is the wrong word, but uh, one shining thing that he did though is that. Um, even like back in the Don James days and stuff, I don't remember so many prominent Huskies being in the NFL at the same time. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's weirdly weird. I think we were talking about there was that thread about NFL players that didn't, you know, guys you thought were going to be good NFL players in the Pac-12. And weirdly, yeah, the ni- early '90s Husky teams actually were kind of a huge bust for NFL players. They had a lot of guys drafted, but not a lot of guys panned out the way where I mean, like, it's crazy now. Like Josiah Bronson, it's not like the active roster of the Cowboys. Like, I don't think he's even the practice squad. I saw him actually. Well, I didn't even know that. Season. Wasn't yeah. he on the Saints earlier? He was on the Saints. They cut him. They cut him. And then now he's like actively on the Cowboys. Uh, well, he ain't playing anymore. <laughs> like, he wasn't even the practice squad. He was playing. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like, if you say like the ceiling of so many guys who came through that program at that time of guys hitting their ceiling, that batting average is so high. And then when they get to the NFL too, could be even talk about guys like Brownie and, you know, getting, making you know, over a million dollars. He's going to make over a million dollars practicing. You had Gaskin, Ahmed, uh, other than, you know, Pettis and Ross, almost every guy who came through that program, I feel like during the Peterson year hit their ceiling and in the pros too. And then, you know, I think, now, I think because of that, I think we were all wrong. I think we fell in love with this idea of chasing low four-star guys to get, you know, your recruiting ranking up and because, you know, the, the team boy stocking crowd got wrapped up in that. But I think Peterson was much better at – was much better at uh, – was much better – I think he – not the OKGs necessarily, but their format for finding the right guys ended up being better than chasing stars. And I don't know if they intentionally did that, but I think it was I think it was I think it was the right way. I don't know if Marcus Peters was one of his recruits, but if you know uh everyone uh, from no. Buddha Baker Buddha Baker, Kevin King, um Sidney uh, Jones. Kevin King was a Sark recruit. Uh, I'm th- oh, th- th- duly noted. I'm just I'm throwing out names from the mid 
you know, from oh. the 2015 area there of just guys that are in the league. Um, I, I know that I prefaced it by saying that they were Peterson guys, but Peterson did play a role in them getting there, though. Oh, uh, oh and, and Jimmy like, Lake to that. He certainly developed them. I, I mean, who knows if Kevin King would even be, um, would even be a pro. I mean, he didn't look. Kevin King didn't look all that great until, um, probably what the 2015 year. But yeah. I think they had him playing safety. He was definitely safety. He was playing safety or like nickel safety or some weird. And he looked, uh, he looked like, I remember that game against Eastern, uh, where, uh, Vern, you know, went, went ape shit yeah. during the game. Uh, and, uh, he didn't look, he didn't look all that great, but that was like 2014. And the next year they moved him to, they moved in the corner and started looking good. And uh, you guys want a little football porn in the 2016 game against Stanford. Uh, I don't know if you can remember this play, but they uh, they spread out like two tight ends um, to the south side going, uh, going to the west end zone um, about the 30-yard line. I can't remember what quarter it was, but they spread out two tight ends and they um, – they lined up a wide receiver behind him. So it's like an obvious wide receiver screen. And they only had Kevin King out there. And you can just see his face like he knows what's coming. And he knifes through the he knifes through the, the big, massive, like, six, seven tight ends they had and tackles the wide receiver for a loss. And he just gets nice. up all jacked and he's talking shit to the tight end. I don't, I'm not sure I ever hulked up, I, like, ever hulked up more watching that play, you know, watching a play in person like I was I was probably scaring the fans around me I was like I was so jacked up <laughs> you know I never saw that game I was on the standing on the sideline the Woodenville sideline and they were playing um they were either playing Mount Si or Skyline and um and then uh Mike Monin of course was uh the, was and is the offensive line coach for Woodenville so during timeouts I had the radio going in my ear and during timeouts, he'd come down and want an update. <laughs> and, then, and then the referees during the timeouts would jog over to me to find out an update on the Husky game. Uh, so that was funny. So, anyways, I never, I never did see that game. You got, you got any uh, like weirdest places you've ever uh, listened to a Husky game? I've done it at two. <sighs> I've done it at two weddings. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, that's like right out of a '80s sitcom or something, right? Would you have the yeah, radio I, line running through the the sleeve? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, well, oh no, well, technically, I, I, uh, my uncle was my uncle had it on at my at my cousin's wedding, and uh, I was sitting near him, and and I I would just look over at him, and he'd be like pumping his fist. It was the uh, it was uh, the 2007, uh, 2007 Boise State game, like 24-10 at home. Yeah, yeah with Jake. Big, big locker, yeah. And you, I could just see my uncle, like, pumping his fist, you know, for, a, like, some touchdown or whatever. And then I did it. Uh, 2010, we were at a wedding, the 2010 USC game, and I, I, I brought a radio, put it in my shirt pocket, and had a little, <laughs> uh, had a little earphone going at it, and I, I uh, and like during the, uh, uh, during the reception, I had about six guys around me, like, hey, what's going on? What's going on during the game? I was like, Devin Aguilar just caught like a fifty-eight yard pass for a touchdown. <laughs> uh, Nineteen ninety-eight. I was walking on a uh, country road in Squim, and I was listening to the Washington-Oregon State game, and I, if, I, I remember the ending of it very well. I, I think the Huskies had a big lead, and then Oregon State made a big comeback, if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, Oregon State and their quarterback, Jonathan Smith, Babushka, uh, they threw a touchdown. They scored a touchdown uh, on a touchdown pass, to make the score 35 to 34 with like 50 seconds left in the game. 
And when Rondo announced that it was touchdown Oregon State, and I like, I like fell down to my knees and kind of like almost uh, like uh, Muslim style or whatever, buried my head in the gravel, whatever, <laughs> and a truck stopped to make sure I was okay. <laughs> but I was, I was so disgusted by what was going on, and then uh, they went for two. And uh, who's that guy that he ended up? He was a he was a transfer defensive back to Washington, and then he ended up being a head coach at Portland State. But he he Nig- tipped the ball Nigel away Burton. on the Nigel Burton, and he uh, and he tipped the ball away in the back of the end zone to preserve the uh, the win for the Huskies. But that was that was winning ugly. And that was radio time there. I, I listened to that on the radio. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other. Uh, I mean, it's mostly at. I mean, I've kind of only really done it at like weddings or something like that, where you sneak out to the car and uh, try to get the score from Rondo. I think I did it at another wedding a long time. I think they beat Cal, which they never beat Cal. <laughs> I think it was like. I think it was 2000 against Cal. I think I snuck out to the car. Uh, oh, the amazing during... comeback. Yeah, I think it was Cal, and uh, I snuck out to the car. I was like, oh, they cut the lead. Oh, they cut the lead. Oh, they cut the lead again. Oh, they won. <laughs> uh, when when I wrote Dogs of War, I was interviewing Matt Rogers, and if I remember correctly, he told me that even when they were way, way down, that they, the offensive line were – uh, one of the one of the coaches, uh, I want to, God, I can't remember his name, Chuck something. Chuck Heater. Uh, but he, say it again. Chuck Heater. I wanted that. That was he coaching at that time in two thousand. Yeah, he was because they signed his like son, Andy Heater, Nahomish yeah, okay. High School Zone. Yeah, like that, that <laughs> class. It was like that class was like number four in the country. And then there's randomly, uh, randomly there was like one, one star recruit, and it was Chuck Heater's son. It's kind of a moot point, I guess, because uh, I guess it doesn't really matter. But it seems to me that it was Chuck Heater, and I don't remember if this story got in the book or not. But the offensive line was sitting over there, and they're they're down like 21 points or whatever it was. And the coach came over, and we got to get fired up. We got to you know, get back in this game. And then Matt Rogers is laughing at him and saying, uh, "We're going to win this game, coach." <laughs> so, and uh, sure enough, oh, remember that there was even like that un- unbelievable series of events. There was a block punt, and the Huskies scored like three touchdowns in five minutes or something. It definitely was. Yeah, they scored like 24 points or something in like the span of like, yeah, like a few minutes. They went being from down like, thir- they were like down by 13 and then they were up by like 10 in like, yeah, in like a f- in like five minutes or something crazy. Uh, what, yeah, it was games, like 36-24. Yeah. Yeah, those games if oddly, I remember right. don't, don't ever get shown. Like they had like some of those crazy comeback wins that yeah. year. They never get shown anywhere. Like you can't, it's, I mean, I'm sure you can go on YouTube. But Good point. Yeah. I, I never, I never think to look on YouTube for those those games or whatever. Yeah, it was like that season. It was like every single, every single game was like a crazy comeback. Well, there was Stanford, uh, Arizona, Arizona that had uh, that was uh, Willie Hurst doing his like a 360 spin or whatever. Yep. Um, Cal was a big comeback. The Beaver game wasn't a comeback, but it was a it was a nail biter. Nail biter. Uh, UCLA that year. I'm trying to think if Miami was a nail biter. Yeah. I no, UCLA we beat pretty handily. I think that was like the one game. That was like the one conference game. UCLA weirdly, because usually that's the one scary game. Was like the one game that they kind of controlled throughout. And then the Apple Cup was a gigantic blowout. And I think even ASU, they had a game that was, like, close late, and then Alexis busted, like, an 80-yard touchdown late, I think, to, like, uh, break it open. Uh, who, who broke it? Who broke it? I think Alexis. I feel like Alexis broke, like, a yes, really yes. long. And it was, yes. like, a 14-14 game, like, for, like, three quarters. And then late, Alexis took off up the middle, I think, and 
had like a seven. I think it was to the left side. Yeah, I think it was option left, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that was a fun, fun year. I mean, the Rose Bowl, again, was like, the Rose Bowl wasn't even that close. Then, obviously, the Oregon Oregon loss, they, like, almost came back in that way. Looked like they were going to come back, uh, but then they they didn't. That was, like, the one game. They seemed like it was going to, like, fit the script, but... No, I mean, yeah, weird. They never, you never see any of those games uh, ever again. It's on like Pac-12 Network. Maybe there's like something with the rights or something, like for for you know that year, which could be. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that would be a good move by the Pac-12 Network to put on like random games and not just like the memorable games that you've seen. Again, deep cuts. Uh, like they could just put on like random games because you're like. You've seen all the memorable games so many times that you must you actually rather watch like oh yeah that 2000 Arizona game was actually a really good game. Well, they even have on the Big Ten Network they have like Campus Eats or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like I would much rather watch Campus Eats in Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. than watch uh, you know the. <laughs> The, uh, Water polo between ball. Cal and Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a really good idea. They could replay the 92 or 94 Apple Cups. No one's ever watched those games. Yeah, right. Which is really... <laughs> I know me and Joey have, like, talked about it and, like, talked about it with Coog fans, like, yelling in their face of, like, but don't ever replay the 97 one where the Cougars, you know, came in favored. They don't even like that game. They don't they, even, they like, don't that even game. like that game. Yeah, like, beat a Husky team that had, like, 15 NFL guys on it, won in Husky Stadium, and went to the Rose Bowl. And we announced on our Jumbotron, you know, like, congratulations yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. Way to wrap the North. <laughs> but wrap in the North. <laughs> instead, they like to rewatch those games against Husky teams that had quit, uh, that didn't care in the in, in the snow. So I mean, maybe the the karma of it all maybe was the 2018 Apple Cup finally caught up to be like, yeah, why don't you want to watch 97? Like, uh, but I mean, we've already I think last last pod we even and we got we 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 buried the it's weird the Cougar the Cougar uh, and I've had Cougar fans even talk to me about it that I'm friends with that are like, yeah, we would rather win an Apple Cup than you know. We'll trade winning the Apple Cup and going seven and six over going, you know, ten and three and going to that winning the Alamo Bowl, but we lose the Apple Cup. So <laughs> it's loser mentality. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I can't remember how we even got to this point, but uh, we can get back on track if we need to. <laughs> you want to get into Michigan? Well, oh yes, please. Unless Willie, did you have yeah. anything further you wanted to say there? Uh, I mean, the original topic that we were talking about NFL players. No, I mean, we we just went games. I mean, uh, I'm really Disley, Disley. I'm really happy. James McGarry. I'm really happy Gaskins had the career he's had. I mean, that was not a guarantee. Uh, he's, a, he's a national treasure. Yeah, he's uh, you know, really, really, really happy for Gaskins, and I hope he continues yes. to. Uh, I hope either with the Dolphins or someone else, he can continue to have like a long career as a starter or at least, like, a change-of-pace guy in a good team. And uh, I'm really happy to do that. One of the greatest Huskies of all time. I'm glad Buda Baker's okay. Uh, yeah, I think we just got to pump up, especially the guys who are from the state of Washington, uh, who, you know, chose to go to Washington and are having success in the NFL, like Gaskin, McGarry, I mean, especially Buda Baker. Like, fucking pump it up, you know. <laughs> pump down the guys who thought they had to go somewhere else and, you know, didn't do shit or – wilted out uh like fucking josh garnett uh and shit like that uh and foster sorrell you know we come come play for washington and you know and be a fucking legend have people remember you uh you know and be able to come back to a stadium and you know have an experience and i'm glad you know Gaines isn't from washington but you know uh and neither neither is vita but you know that, that that's fine uh but you got you got to ride hard, especially on those guys who who are from the state, and you know I, I think they're starting to market some of that, and, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad that they are. So transfer back, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a recruit that thought you had to go to some school, uh, you know, to 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 get clout by just signing out to a school, transfer back. You know, you don't want to be 12 years from now and 
your, your, your career is over in the NFL and everyone's going to a Husky game or in the city and you're like, well, uh, I guess I could go fly back to some college town uh, that I'm not from and that'll be really cool. But because you won't do it. Those guys don't do that, that shit. So I'm ranking, but whatever. Well, we talked about one day, like, uh, we were going over guys that uh, spurned the Huskies during, like, the Sark and Pearson years and then never, never like, beat them. Like, uh, most of those kids from, like, Cal, like DeAndre Coleman. Remember, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, uh, he was committed, you know, to Ty, I think. Um, you know, decommitted, can't blame him. Then went to Cal and then uh, proceeded to, like, never beat the Huskies his, his whole career. Uh, Who's the kid from Stan- from Sumner and he went to Stanford? Oh, why do you think? Oh, yeah. God. He had, like, I mean, I guess Stanford won, beat the Huskies a couple times, and he was on the team. But, I mean, that was also a guy. You never know what a guy's going to do, but that was a guy who should have went to Washington and been a safety and would probably be in the NFL right now uh, as, like, a third-round fucking draft pick, but decided he wanted to go to Stanford and be a receiver and did, like, nothing. I mean, again. You know what, though? Uh, I was at I was at Pop Keeney and it was a playoff game and um, so I'm trying to remember it's during warmups and it's probably like six you know, 75 minutes before kickoff and I'm and I'm standing over near uh, Sumner just watching them and I, what was his name though I forgot his name Connor Weddington yes he's in street clothes and I'm like what 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 and then um, there was like a pause and stuff, and Mike Monin wanders over to me, and he goes, "Could you fucking believe it? That he's sitting out." And he like <laughs> yeah. he held himself out. Of, he pulled a Taylor Rap. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, I mean, yeah, there was someone I uh, might have been Fudgy or someone who was talking about people talking openly talking shit to like Foster Sorrell's face. Of he was on the sidelines at the the 2016 Stanford hockey game, and you're like, you're still going to go to Stanford? Like, I think, you know, those guys won twice against Washington, I think, while they were there. But it's like, how are you on the sidelines of that game and you still go to Stanford? And, again, none of these guys follow up on the education thing. It doesn't matter because none of them, like, none of them become the doctors or whatever they say they're going to be. They go there to play football, you know, and you're like, you really want to go to Stanford? It's like 70% athletes. Yeah, like, after this. At that game, you choose to go to Stanford, so it's not surprising that you don't pan out as a player uh, when that's the case. I mean, uh, I think, you know, some of those things, like, yeah, you don't know. I mean, if the guy, as you said, I, I kind of remember that story of him sitting out that game, bad sign, you know, and I think locally there's been a thing, too, where it it cropped up during the Stark years where supposedly the local guy, uh, the local recruits feel guilted by Washington, uh, like the medium, the medium guys, like the guys who aren't the five-star guys, feel like Washington doesn't recruit them enough. But then, seventy-five percent of the five-star guys, like immediately the second they can, decide they don't want to go to Washington. So it's like, what are you going to do? Like the thing, there was like the story about Emeka Buka, where like he was in the Washington, and then the second Ohio State showed up, he was like the next time Peterson came to see him, he was wearing Ohio State gloves, knowing that Peterson was like going to be at the game, and you're like. Yeah, like, that's – it goes both ways. Like, the second any of these big-time guys, these guys all love Washington, and then the second, like, some school that doesn't really, like, care about them that much, that's like a bigger school shows up, they immediately, like, they don't even give Washington a chance. So, I mean, part of that's on the staff, too. I think, you know, I mean, obviously, Jimmy Lake and company didn't know what the fuck they're doing. But, no. you know, the staff does have to do a better job of, you know, building a big program, and then I think – you know, making the local guys who aren't the five-star guys, you know, feel like uh, they're valued, and there is a big thing that to me. But at the same time, I feel like it's been like 20 years running now, looking for any excuse to like shit on Washington. Well, well, also to credit uh, credit your old man because he brings it up all the time. Uh, the Times will consistently put it yeah. on the front put it on the front page of the sports section, like. 
oh, like Buka commits to Ohio State, and it's like, fuck that guy. Put him on like, put him on page twelve. Like no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> I, I, rem- no one cares. I remember my my senior year. My senior year, we had the uh, we had the Seattle Times like in my it was like in my history class or whatever, and and it was the front page of the sports section, and it said Dix Deluxe because Dan Dix com- <laughs> committed to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're like, God, this poor kid. His last name is Dix. <laughs> they don't even make it. They don't even make it hard for for us to come up with a name for him. <laughs> what What was his position? He was a guard from Bellevue. Because I, was, I remember he was an offensive lineman. So that I was imagining if a, if he had a center named Dix and a quarterback named Penix. But anyways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, uh, masculine toxicity or whatever they call it toxic masculinity or just retardation and juvenile whatever no it's alive and well Jaboner Crystal Ball Boner Popper Boner Popper I'm going to miss Boner I got to admit I'm going to miss Boner Soda Old bo- uh, old uh, Bonapa. He's uh, he at least when things were dark, you you at least could get a laugh out of him and the skeletons in the yard. And just, <laughs> he just looks kind of like a, like an overweight dad who just obviously is like probably in over his head at work, and then you know he just is. But he's a good guy. You like him, but he's also a big perv, and you're just like, yeah, he's the kind of guy you want to work with. But he also is probably not a really hard, not a fucking great coach. Uh, at least when they're on, like, when he has to work hard. Uh, I'm going to miss huh. him and miss Boner Soda and Boner Pop and all, all the iterations of Bonafide you could make. <laughs> yeah, he did seem, when you looked at those photos, it's like, okay, that guy really loves his kids. You can tell that. But uh, yeah, he, he didn't see, not a guy that's going to tear your head off and, and uh, spit nails and all that kind of thing, though. No, you know what the coffee for closers, like that guy, good dad. Like I don't give a like I don't give a shit. Like go home. <laughs> like, I want a fucking guy who's gonna go sign, who's gonna sign the fucking Bijan Robinson. Always be closing. Yeah, I want I want a guy who's gonna <laughs> sign Najee Harris and Bijan Robinson. I don't want him who, but whose kids are gonna fucking be in counseling for the rest of their lives because they're he was he slept in his office. Like it's selfish to <laughs> me, but I I don't want a fat faced guy who you know, likes to put skeletons in his house and fucking beer in. Yeah, we want an offensive coordinator. It looks like he just murdered a family that was on vacation from <laughs> Salem, Oregon or something. Yeah, we don't want we, we don't want a guy who uh, I sent Joey a text. I can't remember how I came across it, but the the, 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 the like fake John Donovan Twitter profile still exists with the weird uh, the weird uh, cr- like Oh, he's got yeah, like, purple, plain purple hat. Plain purple hat. But I have very I have good faith now that Oregon and Dan Laney is not going to work because at least up until very recently, they had a weird-ass, like, Dan Laney wearing, like, a Photoshopped, like, shitty fucking looks like your aunt made it for a fucking, like, uh, rehearsal dinner invite. Like, Dan Laney wearing, like, a weird plain green shirt. Clearly that was not, like... <laughs> Uh, I was like, God, with all that money and all your fucking marketing, that's what you have. You can't like fly someone down and get take him a picture of him in a fucking organ hat. Like, a, like it was weird. So, uh, I want an offensive coordinator who looks like uh, he looks like a Wikipedia page you'd stumble upon from another serial killer's uh, uh, Wikipedia page, and you're like, shit, this guy did good work, as opposed to you know a guy who looks like a fired accountant. Yeah, you know what? Uh, and and the, like that that picture of Grub, you just wonder how that passed through the filters down there at Fresno. <laughs> you, you, they have you, filters it's like, Fresno? Let, let's try this one again. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the best one you got. Uh, he looks like I yeah, mean, he looked like a guy from Stockton, not Fresno. Yeah, like uh, and it looked like a prison photo, <laughs> like a, 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 a lineup. Yeah, it's like Aryan Nation. Like it looks like it should be attached to a story that's like, yeah, Aryan Aryan Nation prisoner in Folsom murders like cellmate, and that's the picture of the guy. <laughs> 
No, or, or he, he got arrested for he held up a convenience store in Stockton with a sawed-off shotgun or something. Is what that <laughs> says. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's the Circle K Bandit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if he has kids. I don't want to know if he has kids. I don't. I just want to know if he can coach some offense. I mean, yeah, you want to be a good dad. You want to, you know, be that kind of shit. Like I don't know, go go in a fucking union and you know have a good life. Don't go call, coach college football, man. Uh, uh, Chuck Chuck Morrell looks like looks like every biker that yeah. comes that comes with the oyster <laughs> run up here every September. Yeah. <laughs> We're on our way to the well, guys, job concert. Uh, so, so uh, the uh, the uh, Green Bay, or not the Green, well, yeah, the Green Bay game is coming on here in about 10 minutes or so. So do we have any closing thoughts? Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, Okay, so the media keeps saying that uh, Harbaugh is, you know, he's oh, yeah. got unfinished business in the NFL. And that's a bunch of bullshit fake news because, they had just had that $450 million settlement. Why they will not connect the dots and tie the two together. Like, well, it's just baffling <laughs> to me. If I have no idea what you're talking why, about. They just had a $450 million settlement with former players uh, due to their team doctor. Uh, oh, I didn't hear about that. The The athletic doctor. It's like, it was on, uh, it was on Real Sports, um, God, November, November, December, I, I can't remember. Maybe November, I can't remember. It's, uh, um, yeah, Real Sports, Real Sports for a few years to me has been unwatchable, but um, that story I, I uh, sat down and watched, um, and it's, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it, it, there's some horrifying shit that this fucking athletic director did. I, I won't go. I don't want to go into details because um, you know people could possibly be eating. So, but it's no, it's okay. uh, really bad. Yeah, it's it's some sexual assault stuff with players. So, oh, uh, it's it's yeah, like like male players, not not like Larry oh. Nasser. Not that we're ranking. <laughs> We're ranking right. Next <laughs> <Right. laughs> episode, yeah, top five well, well, molestation mean, scandals. Of, well, you immediately think of, you know, sure, Grant, you know, Grant, it's justified. You immediately think of males assaulting, you know, females. But this is like, you know, you know, it was, you know, football players, you know, going in with a sprained knee. And him telling them that uh, they have to get their prostates examined every single time. It's uh, uh, that I'll, I'll I'll end that there. But wow. and then there's Harbaugh. There's Harbaugh uh, because uh, Bo Schembechler's uh, son says that um, you know Bo Schembechler was aware um, was aware that this doctor was doing it. You know, and he basically oh, this told, goes way back. Oh. Oh, it goes way back to Schembechler. I mean, every coach... I haven't heard of this. Uh, yeah, every coach during this guy probably knew. You know, there was there was complaints about it. There was a wrestler that came out in, like, 1980 or something. It's it's on the real sports. If, you, if anybody has HBO and can stomach real sports for 15 minutes, um, it, it's... It, it's compelling and and fa it's you know bizarrely oh my god morbidly fascinating it's it's bad um, one thousand two hundred accusers yes it's it's so bad and there's more they allocated four it was four hundred and like fifty I don't have anything in front of me it was like four hundred fifty million for you know the uh, they settled for the players, and then there's 30 million for uh, any accusers that come forward after. I mean, that's how that's how many they think it is. It's it's more wow. than 1,200. Yeah, it's oh, it, and this guy and the doctor died 14 years ago. Yeah, so so like uh, Harbaugh has been like you know defending Bo Schembechler, and uh, like a lot of the former players are. Um, 
uh, anti-Harbaugh because of this. Um, I so see. It's, it's like, yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. So I'm surprised they, they haven't uh, heard about this. Huh. Yeah, it's well because the, I, why is it, why does the media not cover it? I don't understand. It's, why do they not cover this shit? Well, well what guy, am I reading? I'm yeah, that guy. I'm reading yeah, it on Michigan Live. Yeah, he looks he looks like a fish from SpongeBob or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He looks like a fish from SpongeBob. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, do some reading and don't vomit, Derek. <laughs> Good lord. Oh, 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 oh! It gets worse. There, there's one that there, there's, there's something else. He, he. Uh, um, there's a like a, there's something else that they think he did that uh, that will like blow your mind and. It, it'll be it'll be so mind blowing. I mean, you 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 can't even like rationale um, what it is. So, <laughs> well, anyways, then, you we, know, in we the want to segue to something more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, about Jed Cullen. Yeah, what? What's you gonna get fired? <laughs> uh, yeah, can, hey, Canada dog wanted any opinions on the defense? I think. Um, well, you know what? How about our next podcast? We'll focus uh, entirely on the defense. How does that sound? Okay. Yeah, that'll give me that'll give us time to do some deep dives into William Inge. William Inge. <laughs> William Inge. William <laughs> William Binge. And then somehow we'll end up talking about complaining about Browning or some scandal at Louisville or <laughs> do we binge do we binge for inch or the Ron Zook era at Illinois <laughs> There were some people that were complaining they wanted a shout out so I'm trying to find where that that link was uh, we'll be potting uh, today here it is Yeah Dyke Mamone wanted to... Dyke Mamone <laughs> Shout out. Sonny Shackelford <laughs> wants a shout out. My ex wife went to high school. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, same, high same high school, yeah. I was at her reunion and I, I talked to Sonny Shackelford. What about it? Oh, I was at my ex wife high school reunion, she was literally in the same class as Sonny Shackelford. I was like, hey, it's Sonny Shackelford. And she's like, why do you care about, like, she's like, why is Sonny Shackelford? Like, well, I, I remember, uh, I remember when, when she told us the high school, it was like Beverly Hills High School, and, and we were like, oh, Sonny Shackelford. And it was like, she's like, how do you guys know? It's like, we know everything about that. Like, yeah, there's a girl. Uh, there's a girl I knew that uh, she was talking about going to Archbishop Murphy, and I, I was like, uh, uh, now I can't remember his fucking name. Uh, I know who you mean. I yeah, go, I, yeah. I go. I go. Oh, did you go to high school with Tony Tufo? And she goes, Oh yeah, I went with him. And she goes, How do you know him? And I go, I go. Well, I don't know him at all. I just know where. He, I, I said, I don't know him at all. This is not going to sound good, but I'm a Husky fan, and we know where every kid went to high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, was a, this was probably about 12 years ago, 14 years ago, and it was around the holidays, and I was up at my uh, a good friend of mine's at, at uh, let's see, she still lives in Arlington, but it was at a different place. But uh, um, And they had a neighbor come over, and he started saying something about uh, – the Jim Owens era or something and Sonny Six Killer. I can't remember what the details were now at this point or something, but then he was talking about so-and-so went to so-and-so high school. And I was like, no, no, he didn't. He, and he goes, well, that was, you know, that was at the time I was going to school there. I think I know. And then, and then Don, <laughs> oh, I just said her name, but anyway, so she said, you know, you probably don't want to get into a little, you know, when you're dealing with Derek, you don't want to fight a, a land war in Asia or whatever, you know? And then we pulled out the, uh, 
I just happened to have a, a, a Washington Husky press guide in my trunk, and I went and got it, and, uh, and uh, you know, so anyways, but uh, that's not much of a story. But anyways, that, it's the same thing. It's like the uh, neurotically knowing every single minutiae detail uh, of these guys, and then uh, normal people don't understand that, so. <laughs> yeah. I think I think so, uh, I think my wife I I think when the last Stanford game we were at we were I called her while my friend and I were in the Uber and I said uh, we're in Millpatis or whatever and she was like she was like what I've never heard of that town or something came up and I said so I think it's where Vita Bay is from just <laughs> 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 just to be a troll like that. <laughs> I was just know what I'm talking about. I'll make it even more confusing. <laughs> not to be confused with Petaluma, where Elijah Claus is from. It's easy to confuse it. They're in the Bay Area, but I don't really know where. Yeah. Uh, defensive tackles from there, one or one or the other. And like, yeah, yeah, the stuff you really don't need. God, I could probably make like a eight-page like write-up on yeah, the different people at talk to or like, ah, I'm from here, what's this type of like, oh yeah, do you know like yeah. uh, do you know Donald Butler? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know, I don't I don't know. I have I there's even one other uh, CSB that I have that uh, just popped into my head, but it was um uh, a girl that I know that she's in her twenties and stuff, and she had moved up to uh, moved up to like the Woodenville area, and she'd moved from uh, Eureka, California. And then I said, "Oh, Tim Eber." And then she's like, "Huh?" And I go, "Before you were born, there was a linebacker from, from Eureka, California, and, and uh, then he played football at Washington." And she's like, "Oh, whatever." So, yeah. anyways, there you go. Well, guys, the ta- the uh, Green Bay game is in one minute, so good time to good time to put a pin in this one. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, all right. Well, uh, you, I'll follow up on the Michigan thing and find out all those horrible details, and uh, we'll reconvene here in, uh, in a couple weeks or so and talk about the Husky defense. Uh, I will have a Royal Rumble post pre- uh, review for for the, <laughs> for the next. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys have a great night. All right. You do. Go do. Hey, see you. <laughs> hey, bye-bye. Ben Fringe. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. (laughs) I'll have to redo that one, but...